experiences you should have, your how-to guide for amazing experiences. Now today, we're going to be talking about trains. And I feel like anytime I bring up the subject of, of trains, so many different people either love them or they hate them. But I'm going to be talking to a very special someone who lived and fulfilled a lifelong dream of taking a train across the United States. Pretty amazing. Oh, and he's my husband, Luke Manasco. this uh, cross-country train trip you just did? Sure. Taking the train cross-country is something I've always wanted to do. I've taken a few shorter train trips, and I always wished that they were longer, that they were a little bit longer. Um, and so I decided to go all the way cross-country. And my dad lives in Florida, so I thought it would be a good excuse to go visit my dad and my stepmom. For a few days so I actually bought a one-way plane ticket um, and flew out it was right after right after the new year early January um, and and like you said I went from Orlando all the way back to Oregon um, Wow How yeah long did that take you yeah so you can you can book your you can put in your you know Amtrak has an app and you can put in a start and stop destination, and it'll basically route you. It'll tell you, you know, where your layer layovers are. Um, it'll tell you how many hours total. And I was I was just looking at this kind of prepping for the podcast. It it registered as 105 hours and 33 minutes total. 105 hours. 105 hours. You can do a lot of things in 105 hours. And I think, yeah, I think that, I think that, um, counts layovers as well. So, so the, the route that I took was Orlando to DC and any train people, they actually name these trains. All of the trains have, have names. And so that's the Orlando to DC route is the silver meteor. Um, and then you have layovers. So I had a, um, about a nine hour layover in in dc so i think that's included in the in the total trip time so so in dc where does it drop you off and were you able to to quickly get on to other transport go see the sites yeah yeah so so it's it's funny the the train station in dc is called union station and then the train station in chicago is also called union station um a lot of union stations yeah they're they're both downtown um they're both you know right in the city and so in dc you can you basically get off the train and you're you're right downtown and there's actually a metro station or attached to the to the train station basically so you can you can pretty easily hop on the metro and go um go anywhere you want to in in my case um my my grandfather and, and grandmother are in Arlington Cemetery. Um, so I took the time. That was kind of my first priority was to, you know, to go from the train station straight to Arlington to go to go visit them.
Tell me about your sleeping arrangements. Sure. So, yeah, I I decided to to take the trip traveling in coach, which it's kind of like air, you know, airplane travel. Coach seat is that's what it is. It's just a, a seat on the train. Um, but the seats are nicer than an airplane coach seat, right? Yeah, they're yeah they are. They're they're a little bit bigger. Um, they also kind of think about like a lazy boy recliner. Um, the legs, the legs kind of come up. So you have somewhere to put your legs if, if you recline back. So, so they are a little bit nicer, but they're also similar to an airplane seat in that you can end up with somebody right next to you, um, on the trip, which, you know, I think is okay for, for daytime travel at night. You're basically sleeping right next to somebody and, Unless you're traveling with somebody, it's it's a stranger. Uh, so that was that was interesting, and I I ended up sleeping four nights on the train, and the first two nights I had somebody right next to me. <laughs> um, and they then snore. No, so I'll, I'll we'll talk about some things that you need to think about bringing if you're if you're thinking about taking this trip. Uh, spoilers: the earplugs is they're pretty critical. Um, just for that, you know, snoring or people behind you kind of talking, um, train noise, that kind of thing. Um, but yeah, the, so the next two nights on the train, I, I had the two seats to myself. So I, I feel like that that made a pretty big difference in terms of just feeling a little bit more comfortable. You could kind of try some, some different sleeping positions. Um, but in general, the coach seats aren't very comfortable for sleeping overnight. Um, it's, it's doable, but... I, I experienced pretty broken sleep on the trip. Ah. Well, now, did you get to peek into, like, a sleeper car or see what that might be like? Or No, I, I didn't. They, if you go back that way, they kind of, uh, they like for you to have tickets. You know, they don't want people just kind of wandering around the train. But it's pretty easy if, if you want to go to YouTube and just look at, um, you know, videos of of sleeper cars. Um, you could You could type in... Amtrak sleeper car or something like that. There's tons of videos out there. They, they go into detail. What kinds of people were, were taking the train? Did you see different types of people on, on different legs? Uh, did you see anybody from Florida all the way to Oregon? Or, or share, share with us a, a story about some of the people you met. Sure. There, I definitely didn't see anybody traveling as far as I was. I didn't, I didn't have anybody on the, the whole, the whole trip. Um, there were a lot of people from Chicago to port going all the way to Portland. So there was, you know, once we got on the train in Chicago, there was a group of people that, that were all traveling to, to Oregon. Um, definitely make friends. I I'd say the people on the train, it's, it's a little bit of everybody. Um, there's there's kind of older retired couples there's there's younger people there's people that are commuting um especially the train out of dc leaving dc in the afternoon there's a lot of commuters so i i i think it it kind of ran the gamut of of different types of people and i think one of the things that that i was taking the trip for was was all of that it was for kind of the human element of being on this trip and and just 
you know, meeting different people and hearing different stories, hearing everybody's stories and, and just talking to a lot of people. And um, for me, that was that was a big part of, of the trip was just kind of the human element of of getting to interact with a lot of different kind of random people and hear a lot of stories. Yeah, there, there were, there were a few things that, that stuck out. I, you meet a lot of people in passing. Um, there was, there was one guy in particular, and, and I should say that I, I made a video about this, this whole trip as well. Um, and, and that was part of my goal was to, to document the trip. And that will be included in the show notes. Yeah. And it's, it's on YouTube. So, so you can find it, but, um, I met a guy who was traveling from Chicago to Eugene, Oregon, which is where I went to college. And he was, he brought a ukulele and he brought a guitar and, and I asked him to play me a song. I told him I was making a video of the whole trip. And, and there was, there was a moment where he was, he was playing the guitar for me and, and we were just kind of looking out the window and watching the scenery go by. And, and to me, that was kind of the, I don't know. It, I remember getting chills as, as that was happening because that was just kind of the, um, the epitome of, of the experience for me. Um, that was one that stuck out of my head. There was, there was another, another group of people who were on the train outside of Washington, DC. And they were all, there was about seven or eight people and we were all in the kind of observation car, which is the big car with all the windows and tables. And all these people knew each other, but they all looked a little bit, uh, they, they all looked a little bit different. They were different ages and, you know, dressed differently. And I was, I was trying to figure out how they knew each other. I was kind of sat in between them, or I guess in the middle of them. Um, and so it, it took me a while, but they, they finally, they told me, I said, how do you, how do you guys all know each other? And they said, oh, we commute on the train every day um, together. And so we're friends from the train. It's pretty um, cool. Yeah. And so they, they had this bond uh, that that was it. That was their bond. Was was the time um, their time spent on the train every day. So I thought that that was really interesting. A group of people that just got to know each other from from traveling. It's pretty cool. It's pretty cool. Uh, any other interesting characters you met on the train? Well, I th- yeah, actually, from that group of people, the, there was one guy who he kind of looked like he was straight out of Hogwarts. He had a bow tie and, and a jacket, and um, I don't know. He was doing like a show and tell with his group of friends, and he was all of a sudden he pulled out this syringe full of rattlesnake anti venom. Wait, rattlesnake anti venom? Yeah, yeah. So he, it, it was strange, um, and I think that I think it's I think the conversation started because they were talking about how they had found a snake on this train that we were on a week prior. Snakes on the train, not snakes on a plane. It's snakes on a train. Yeah. Was it a rattlesnake on the train? No, I, it was It was some sort of, it was an expensive snake. He was a snake, this guy was a snake guy. And he oh. knew, I forget the type of snake it was, but he said it was, you know, it was a high value snake. Like it maybe would cost somebody $500. Anyway, 
I guess um, I never even thought of high-value snakes, but I guess they exist. So it was a pet of somebody's, I think. Um, and so anyway, this guy had, had snake venom. And, and so, of course, I ask him, what are you doing with it? Why do you have it? Um, and he apparently used to milk rattlesnakes for their venom. Now, that's a job that I do not want to do in life. <laughs> maybe that's an experience you shouldn't have. Or maybe you should have. But Yeah, yeah so I, I, I don't know if that was his full-time, full-time job, but... What do you do for work? I milk snake venom. That's funny, too. I mean, you pass people on the train. He could have said anything. And anyway, I, I, yeah, I think he, he did have this snake venom. I don't think... Or anti-venom. I don't think it was good anymore. I think he was keeping it for sentimental purposes, but... Mm. Um, yeah, that was, that was interesting. Um, and you know, just a lot of, a lot of other different interactions. I, I sat down with a a family of, of Amish people. Mm -hmm. Um, I actually didn't realize, I wasn't sure they were speaking a different language. I didn't know what they were speaking and we started talking and yeah, they were, they were Amish and, and I, I just asked them, I said, you know, I've never sat down with an Amish person. I don't know. I don't know anything about being Amish. And we just talked and, and they told me kind of the ins and outs of, of some of their beliefs and how they live. And it was it was really interesting. I think I think one of the things being on the train, I think people open up a little bit more because you're kind of all there together. And there's really nowhere to go. You got nowhere to go. the train. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So. I think that makes people a little bit more open than than they might be otherwise in in kind of day to day life. So okay. I, I thought that that was that was really interesting. So what I, did you learn from the Amish people? Like, did they explain about their their culture, or did you learn something new? Yeah, a little bit. You know, I I was asking them. First of all, there was a lot of them, and so I, I wasn't sure. Like how many? I think there was seven or eight. Wow. So they explained that their family was ten in total, which is not abnormal. Mm-hmm. Um, they all lived in the same house. You know, they had a, a goat and a cow, um, and and they so explained they get their own milk. And yeah, yeah, and that sort yep. of thing. yeah, and and they explained the table right there. Right, right. Um, they explained kind of the the process of 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 you know being Amish and, and the education. I was curious about the education part of it. You know, they how far do they go with their education? And I think and how far do they go? Yeah, I think it stops in the seventh grade. Or I, it may have been eighth grade or seventh but... or eighth grade. Um, and and so you know they he they said to me, "You're not going to see an Amish doctor or an Amish lawyer. It's it's more kind of craftsmen and." And, and trade people and that kind of thing. But they were they were really nice and really open and and they asked questions to me too and it was What did they ask you? Oh I don't I don't remember. Um I you know I think I think people are curious where you're going, what you're doing in general, mm-hmm. kind of on the train, where are you headed? Um you know, what what's the purpose of your trip, I think. Yeah. That's that's kind of the the standard question on the train if if you can't if you're not good at at small talk or um, having trouble coming up with conversation. Right, right. I mean, it makes sense. You're all going somewhere. Yep. I guess what was your favorite part about this whole excursion? 
seeing the countryside was was a big one for me. I, I like the idea of just being able to sit back and relax and and watch the countryside pass by. Mm-hmm. Um, and I and and so that was that was really really great. I I think one thing to keep in mind if you're thinking about doing this trip. Um, in the summertime, there's going to be more daylight. And I think that that's, that's something, you know, I took the, the trip in early January. It gets dark pretty early. It gets dark at five o'clock. Right. And so... There's lots of gray cities and cloudy. Yeah. And, and so so if, if you're looking to maximize kind of your, your viewing experience on the train, which for me, that's that was a big part of it. Um, summertime would actually be ideal. It might be a little bit more crowded on the train at that time, but, Mm -hmm. um, best for, I guess, viewing the country. Mm -hmm. And I've heard that a lot of people may take the train, like if they're afraid of flying, did, did you hear that from people or, um, just people just, just likes the train, just like the train in general. Yeah, that actually, it did come up. It came up quite a bit. Uh, people with a fear of flying, I I think I might've heard it three or four times, Yeah, which I feel like, I don't know, a, a sample size that's, yeah, I, I think that that is, I don't know, I didn't pull everybody, but right, I, right, I, I right. think I definitely heard it in conversation, not just my own conversations, but I overheard people talking about a fear of flying. So. so so the different cars that you had access to, you had your your car where you had like your coach seats and, and there's also a dining car and an observation car. Uh were people using the observation car? Was it busy? Uh, how was what was the food like? Yeah, so yeah, so there's there's kind of the the coach area where your seat is, and um, the observation car, which is it's got windows like the rest of the train, but there's also windows above you, mm-hmm. so it it's trying to create this ultimate viewing experience, I guess, for the trip. Um, and there's tables and basically like picture like a diner table um there's a bunch of those and so that for me that was the area where I probably spent most of the time because I was going to sleep in my seat in my coach seat um so I didn't want to be there all day and sleep there at night right so for me I was in the observation car most of the time and there's also like you mentioned there's a, a dining car as well. Mm -hmm. So that was actually a really fun part of the experience as well was, was being in the dining car because basically the way that they do it is, is you make a reservation for the dining car. If you want to have dinner there, right. Only for dinner, actually breakfast and and lunch, you can just kind of walk in. Can you make reservations same day or for an advance? You need to make this reservation. Yeah. They'll do it same day. And even if you walk in at 7 PM, they'll still, or, you know, early, like 5 p.m., they'll still fit you in. Yeah. Um, but what they try and do is is fill those seats. And so I was traveling by myself, and so I would walk in the dining car, and, and they would, you know, they come and greet you, and they say, hey, have a seat over here. And all of a sudden, you're seated next to two or three random strangers for dinner, which, which I thought was fun. It, it kind of gets back to, you know, getting to know getting to hear, I guess, stories, people's stories, kind of where they're going. And um, I don't know, even if, yeah, for me, that was, that was really neat was, was being able to um, 
dine with with these people that I didn't know and just hear hear their stories and where they were going and, and what they were up to. I thought that was really cool. It's pretty cool. I like sitting with strangers for dinner. I know you, you do. Know? Yeah. Yeah. And, and you know, if, if you're, if you're really introverted, uh, I, I don't know, maybe that wouldn't be your thing. There was, there was a woman who was on the train and she ordered a food and she said, I'm going to go take this back to my car because you know, I'm, I'm not very social. <laughs> and that was, I think that was out of the ordinary. I think most people are, are in it you know, to, to hear some of those stories Mm -hmm. and and get that experience. Um, but yeah. Cool. Cool. Now, now let's, let's talk about cost. Um, so the, the cost of you traveling from Orlando, Florida, all the way down to Chamolt, Oregon, uh, which is the closest, uh, station to Bend, Oregon. Uh, what what was that cost? And actually, that included a, a bus route too from Shamol to Bend. Yeah, so the the total cost from from Orlando to to Shamol was was three hundred and sixty nine for the ticket, and that didn't include the bus. I think the bus was another twenty five. Okay, all right. Yeah. So if you don't have a train station in your city, Amtrak may have a a bus that will meet you at the train station and then take you to your city. I think that's how it works for like San Francisco too. Yeah. And and the other thing, if if you're thinking about taking a, a train trip there, there is an option for, there's a few rail passes that, that Amtrak offers. Um, so what's a rail pass? Right. So, and what the other thing I did is in the video that I made, I, I linked to a lot of um, or I guess I I wrote a lot of kind of answers to questions and, and linked to some content out there. Yeah, and we'll include those in the show notes too. But a, a rail pass is, think about it, if, if you're looking to take a trip like I did, but not do it in five days, mm-hmm. but basically spread it out over 15 or 30 or 45 days, it, it basically allows you to to have different legs in your journey and get off the train and get back on the train and get off the train um, yeah, so the so the the way that they do it is you can get a rail pass that's either fifteen days, thirty days, or forty five days, and that gets you eight, twelve, or or eighteen different segments of tra- mm. of travel. Mm-hmm. So so you know if you were looking to explore the country and use the train as your transportation source, um, that that could be a, a decent option. Now, question about that. I mean, I have seen some train stations in the middle of nowhere. Uh, do you just get off the train in those places and then walk around and try to find a taxi or a rental car? Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. What's a, how do I, you do it? <laughs> I guess. I mean, yeah. If you're if you're traveling the country, if you're looking to to see the U.S., you might be stopping at bigger cities. Right. Um, I mean, if you wanted to get off in. Minot, North Dakota, a, a smaller town. You'd probably hop off the train, and then they probably have taxis that that you could that you could grab. Um, so I guess it just depends. I think it, it it seems like the kind of thing that you would want to to plan out a little bit. I mean, you could wing it also, mm-hmm. um, but it would be good to spend some time thinking about where you wanted to go and kind of plan out your your route. So, how much do these rail passes cost? Yeah, so I, I looked this up just just kind of prepping and the the fifteen day pass and these are just current prices, but it was four fifty nine and then the thirty day pass was six eighty nine and the forty five day pass was eight ninety nine. 
So you know, that's not bad if you want to go and and see a lot of places and and meet new people. Yeah, and that's going to be an adventure of a lifetime. Spend a summer on a train. Yeah, I think it, yeah, it'd be fun. I you know you just figure out your transportation once you're off the train, but with with Uber and and taxis and Uber and Lyft, you know, shared cars, that kind of thing, and it's made it more feasible. I feel like to to make that happen. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about like cost of the the food on the train. How much was like an average breakfast, lunch, dinner? Uh, I know some of the sleeper cars may include food, but if you are going in coach, what what is your food cost? Yeah, so so there is the the range. I the the range for breakfast in terms of price was eight to fourteen dollars. Okay. For breakfast, lunch was was more in the twelve to fifteen range, and dinner was sixteen to twenty five. It's not terrible. So those are kind of your ranges, and then. The other, the other option is you can, you have access to some food. So there's like a a snack car as well. Um, And this is, it's not the diner car. It's, it's, it's kind of um, just part of, I think it's part of the observation car in most of the trains. And basically you can walk up there and you can get candy, you can get beer. I think they had wine. Um, and and you can get some food as well. So they'll have some kind of like prepared sandwiches yeah. and uh, um, some other other options for for eating as well. How did the food taste in the dining car? I'd say it was it was okay. I think it was probably on par par with airplane food. Okay, um, all right. It wasn't terrible, uh, but it wasn't it wasn't great. But the one thing I would say is the 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 service in the dining car was great. Everybody was super friendly. Mm-hmm. All of the people that were that were there working were were great and really friendly. Cool, cool. And you are stopping off at different cities. You had layovers in DC and Chicago, so you're able to go get some food there too. Yeah. So at, at least for my route, the the layover in DC was was from seven a.m. to four p.m. So that, you know, that gives you most of the day in, in D.C. And so I was able to get lunch and, and get back on the train. Um, our train was actually a little bit delayed out of Orlando by about three hours. Yeah. Um, so it, it, cut that, it cut that D.C. layover a little bit. Um, but then in Chicago, it's, it's a little bit of the same. It was, it was 8.45 in the morning to about 2.15 in the afternoon was the layover. So again, kind of at the train station in, in Chicago is right downtown. You can quickly get to the the Willis Tower, get anywhere you want to. And find some deep dish. In the city, get some pizza. Yeah, yeah. So so you are able to to get some food off the train. But I would say if you're looking to take a really, you know, a long trip to bring some snacks. Um, in, in my case, I traveled with uh, just a, like an airplane carry-on suitcase. Mm-hmm. With with clothes and everything from my my Florida kind of trip, I had clothes and but I also brought a bunch of snacks too. Now, did they charge you to to check your bag or where did you put your bags when you got off at your different stops? How did that work out? So the bigger train stations will have um, baggage areas basically, and you can you can walk up to these things and and basically just check your luggage. So they charge you, I think it was $10 at each station, but for $10, 
you can drop off your your luggage so that if you're looking to go explore the city, you're not, you know, you're not followed around by a, a carry-on suitcase. So you don't want to leave your bags in the train while you go explore the city. No, I mean, so you're switching trains too. So the Got it. the the Orlando to DC was the Silver Meteor, the DC to Chicago was the Capital Limited, the Chicago to Portland was the Empire Builder, and then the Portland to Chamol, Oregon is the the coastal train that actually goes all the way from Seattle to beyond L.A. Even wow, yeah. Oh, I just figured it stopped in L.A. Huh. I think it goes down to. San Diego, Diego. Yeah. yeah. Yep. That's pretty cool. Which would be a fun one. I think going down the California coast would be would be really great. Well, we might be doing that this summer. We might uh, take a train from Schmolt down to San Luis Obispo. So we'll have to update this train episode with a family edition. We'll have a three-year-old in tow. Yeah, and I did I did see kids on the train, little kids, and, and I think... I think at least... Were I think they I, crying? How they do? No, they were great. I, well, the ones that I saw. And I, I guess that's the that's the other part is you, with the train, you never know kind of what your experience is going to be and who's going to be seated behind you. And if kind of like an airplane, is there going to be a baby right, right in front of you? Right. Um, I didn't have any, any bad, <laughs> any rough experiences like that. Um, I always feel bad for parents if, they're, if their kids are, are crying on airplanes, trains, the same thing. But I would say... Definitely travel with earplugs um, for for babies or just train noise or right. conversation in the train. Anything you want to drown out. Um, and then an eye mask was was another big one because even at night um, there's still there's still quite a bit of light in the train. They don't they don't dim all of the lights, so it's not pitch black dark at night if you're trying to sleep. So an eye mask is another I'd say must have. Yeah. Great. Those are great tips. Yeah. And I think we've covered all of our top top tips and cost. And uh, I know um, your cost of the trip was around three sixty seven, and and at the time you were going was right after the New Year, so prices were high for sleeper cars. Uh, I I remember even seeing some of the sleeper car prices even around like nine hundred dollars from like Chicago to Portland or something, but. But that's not the average price for a sleeper car, right? No, no, I don't. I don't think so. I was, I was looking, I was trying to get an idea again, and it looks like you can get one of the kind of rooms, which would be good for two people, typically. And I, I looked at this just trying to book another trip a couple months out just to see what it looked like, and it looked like it was between two and four hundred, but it's still per leg. Per leg. So you still leg. might be adding a thousand dollars to the trip, yeah. depending how far you're going. Yeah. But, but it would be it would be very comfortable, um, and I think that was you might the, sleep better. Yeah, that was the biggest challenge was just getting good sleep on the train. I I think I yeah it was it was just broken every night, and it was by by the fourth night it it definitely caught up with me. Um, would you do it again? Definitely, yeah, absolutely. Maybe you'll get a sleeper car next time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think. I, one of the other one of the other really cool parts of the trip you were asking about um, what, things things that stuck out yeah was it was it was on that fifth I guess day five of the trip and I just finished my fourth night of sleeping on the train and Ooh. If, yeah if you, you're going if, a little delirious there if you're taking if you're taking that that trip from well if you're basically coming into Portland 
you wake up along the Columbia River, which mm. is which is really beautiful. And the sun, you wake up, at least I woke up, and I, you know, when I looked out, the, the sun was, was coming up. And so I got to see the sunrise on the Columbia. And then a little ways farther down, there was a rainbow. And it, oh, that sounds magical. It was great. And that it, it made me, it made me kind of forget about the, the lack of sleep. And um, it was a long trip. By the end of it, I was, I was, I was wore out. I was tired. Um, but it was something I wanted to do. It wasn't, um, yeah, it was, it was great. Cool. Well, thank you for telling us about your experience and, and we'll have lots of links and information in the show notes. And, and if you are listening to this episode, please leave a review on iTunes and wherever you listen, please, please, please review us. And we also have a Facebook group, Experiences You Should Have podcast. Uh, so thank you, Luke. And uh, definitely check out the show notes for the amazing video that Luke made. Uh, he's quite the videographer and editor. So uh, definitely just have a cup of coffee and, and give his train trip uh, a watch. Thanks, and thanks for having me. It was fun, fun course, talking about it. Of course, of course. I'll talk to you any day. <laughs> <laughs> All right, thanks. Thanks.